good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, and welcome to an edition of Slim Pickings, an edition of the Lit Pickers, in which we give you a skimmed version of what we usually do. Think of fat milk and skimmed milk. This is the skimmed milk version. It is indeed. We're going to try and make this milk powder for you. I am <laughs> Supriya Nair. With me is my host, Dipanjana Pal, who prefers condensed milk to milk powder. Mm. And with us is... May skimmed milk is garbage. I would still pick milk powder because my grandma's tea had milk powder in it and that milk powder is like amazing. Pretty great to scoop up and eat out of the bottle too. Oh my god. Plain journeys, that everyday sachet. Yes. I totally had that. That was like dessert for me. Yeah. And it was so cute. Like friends who would travel would give me their everyday sachets and I would be grateful. I am that easy. Yeah. Milk powder is pretty great. I mean, you know, like I grew up on Anik spray and sometimes I dream of that like white bottle with the blue cap. There you go. What has happened right now, I feel, is kind of related to the question because in Slim Pickings, what we do is that we answer burning questions. And for once, I have prior knowledge to this, which is not going to help me answer the question. But May, do tell us the question. The question is... Annotating books, that's when you sort of write in the margins and yeah. take notes or on the book. Is that evil or acceptable? The reason why I said that our elaborate tangent about milk, milk powder, condensed milk, etc. was related is because that was effectively annotations to each of these milk products, <laughs> if you think about Ooh. it. Yaha. Yes, I'll be here all week. <laughs> I feel like it's probably a minority opinion these days that you shouldn't write in books to Mm. annotate them. I mean, Billy Collins, who was once the poet laureate of the United States, even wrote a poem called Marginalia, which ended with the lines, pardon the egg salad stains, I'm in love, (laughs) which I've always found very mawkish and sentimental, but which, you know, is clearly intended to show you that humanity can infuse even the margins of books. Also, the Billy Collins did not have napkins at hand. <laughs> um, but do you approve of annotations, Supriya? I can't really say if I approve or disapprove. I, I do. I'm a writer in books. Mm. I, I have to take notes. I write in margins. And what is more useful for me, I write on end papers. And I take extensive notes that way, especially for books I have to write about. Mm. Yeah, I've always thought that's why end papers exist. You know, I mean, apparently, no, but that just sounds wrong to me because, like, where would you write the notes? Why else, right? Yeah, truly. What else (laughs) could be the possible use? That said, I actually don't like annotations at all. Like, Mm. I know that there's a huge amount of uh, romanticizing that goes into marginalia. And, you know, for example, let me go full tilt Bengali. Rabindranath Tagore's, one of his uh, sister-in-laws is someone that he had a very special relationship with. They were very close. And she is considered to be one of the first people to have, you know, seen promise and potential in him when he was generally considered a good for nothing because he was like failing school, running away from his tutors, that sort of thing. She died under mysterious circumstances and to prevent scandal, essentially, all her stuff was sold off almost overnight. She was a big reader. She was also like had literary salons and stuff. So quite the typical culturally, you know, the cultural sophisticated Bengali woman, a Bengali aristocratic woman. So all her stuff was sold. And uh, many, many years later in like, as it happens in like secondhand bookshops, there was one of her books found and they knew that it was one of her books because of the marginalia. So there's this sort of romanticizing that goes 
into annotations, you know, that uh, and then people will say that, oh, look, that this incredible insight that X person, sometimes you don't even know who it is because they didn't mark the book in their name. And then there's like love letters being exchanged in fictional versions of annotated books that go from place to place. There was a fantastic uh, community art project where there was a book that was placed on a bench, I think, in Edinburgh or somewhere in England. And people were just encouraged to write in it. There is all of this romanticizing that goes on, and it sounds lovely. I dislike it intensely. The book with writing on it just interferes with me reading it, you know, and I just like to have my own reading experience. Thanks. I'm glad someone else had insights. Good for you. Get a notebook. (laughs) I don't like it either. For me, I definitely don't like annotate in books the only time where I have and that's probably because my Hindi is so bad but when I was in (laughs) school all our like the Hindi storybooks and poetry books that we had to do ICSC, ISC Mm. I wrote the meanings of like lots of words (laughs) in the margins so Every page was just the margins were absolutely (laughs) filled because every fourth word, like I needed to know the meaning of or at least what the paragraph meant or something. So those are the only times where I've really like written and obviously only in pencil. So if you got a book that's, you know, filled with someone else's annotations, Mm. what's your first reaction to it? I'm okay with it. I don't have strong feelings about it. That's because she's opened the book and it's hers only. (laughs) (laughs) But like, would you be able to read the text without reading the marginalia? Yeah. Really? I I think so. I feel like it's for me like being in a coffee shop and writing. Like a lot of people do this and it's supposed to be like this amazing writerly practice. I don't know how you do that because I'm just constantly eavesdropping on other people. And it's kind of handy. Back in the day when there were coffee shops that you could sit on freely. In the old days. And people were sitting close enough for you to eavesdrop on them. Mm -hmm. I have picked up on great conversations. But have I written a word in any of those sessions? Not one. Has a great novel ever been produced in a coffee shop? I'm not sure it has. On that note. (laughs) (laughs) And with that challenge to you, the reader, we shall leave you with this slim picking. And we will be back with a full fat episode at some point soon. Yay! That was it for this slim picking for fatter conversations and greasier talk. Listen in to The Lip Pickers with Supriya and Dipanjana. Bye for now. The Lip Pickers is a Made in India production. Don't forget to rate and review and follow or subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, tell everyone you know about the show. Share it on social media, tell your friends and family, scream about it on your rooftop. It really helps get the word out. Oh, and use the hashtag LitPickers. Follow Supranda Panjana on Twitter or Instagram. You can also find all of the books they've mentioned or recommended in an online resource via a link in our episode description. Thanks. Keep listening.